Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome into the Believe in the Cowboys podcast. I'm Paul Catalina alongside former Cowboys cornerback Orlando Scandrick. And we're brought to you as always by betonline.ag. The NFL season is full swing. You might not be at the game, but you can be in on the action at Bet Online from game spreads and totals to team and player coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And Orlando, uh, the Cowboys have looked really bad this season for the most part. But last night was the crowning achievement of bad through six games as they fall to two and four, got rolled straight over by the Cardinals. Turnovers, terrible defense, the same story, falling behind. At what point do you do you start to think like maybe Mike McCarthy's not the right guy? There's so many questions that I have about this team uh, that, that probably can't even fit into four podcasts right now. Let's get a little yawn out, Paul, because I didn't sleep very well after watching that last night. <laughs> um, I don't know how the Cowboys woke up this morning, but as an ex-player and as a Cowboys fan and as a fan of the organization, I, I, I didn't wake up feeling very well. Um, me and you talked about this a little bit off the camera, just the disorganization, um, the ball security, the turnovers, the just as a football team, it just doesn't even look like they play very hard. Um, consistently, each week, they do two things. They turn the ball over and they give up big plays, which is a recipe for disaster. And for McCarthy, we also talked about this. McCarthy was a part of Mike Nolan's staff that drafted Alex Smith over Aaron Rodgers. Then he gets into this very, very fortunate situation where he catches Hall of Famer Brett Favre on the end of his career with future Hall of Famer Aaron Rodgers waiting. And he has some success with the Green Bay Packers. He has a lot of success with the Green Bay Packers. The type of success the Cowboys hired him for, which is a Super Bowl. And then that kind of sours. He sits out a year. He makes it. He puts on this big. I watched all these younger coaches. Um, my philosophy, I understand the game has changed. I'm ready. I'm ready to attack this thing. And then he comes back and he picks up right where he left off with the Packers. Bad defense, sketchy offense. Now, Let's put everything into perspective. The Cowboys have suffered some injuries. They're playing with some guys that they didn't even know would be on their active roster, which is their their dressing roster. So you got to look and take that into effect. But as far as the little things the, from the coaching aspect, taking care of the ball, discipline football, lack of penalties, and giving up big plays, they look atrocious. 
Well, and look, that's the, the injuries are a fair point in that you cannot expect the same thing with this roster that you did, you know, before game one with the roster that they had. But uh, they were still doing these things when they were at almost full strength. You know, so when they came in down only a couple guys to start the season, they still were doing these things. So that, that hasn't changed. Like that hasn't changed as the roster's gotten worse with the injuries. So that's that's a huge problem. And early in the season. And you can maybe say, well, you know, they didn't have mini camp, they didn't have offseason conditioning, yada yada yada. But you're six games in now. You can't you can't really blame COVID anymore, especially when you see teams like the Titans have to shut down for a week and come out and just kick somebody's ass like they did in Buffalo last week, and then come back and beat Houston. So good teams deal with things. Good teams that are prepared deal with things. This team doesn't seem to be able to deal with anything. Yeah, let's talk about the Titans. Um, well, well coached well coached football team there's a part in that game where they didn't want to use the timeout so Frable rushes a guy on the field gets a penalty because obviously timeouts are more important than yards which time is more important than five yards and that that just shows you where he's at as a coach like what like where he's at Um, Frable had to coach a game defensively because his defensive coordinator had something going on so he had to call the plays if I'm not mistaken Mm -hmm. correct me if I'm wrong yeah and you just look at McCarthy and you think, you know, at some point he's going to get frustrated. He's going to take over play calling and, and then we're going to be right back where we started with the Cowboys shuffling offensive coordinators, shuffling defensive coordinators, and it's going to be the beginning of the end. Yeah, I don't, and, and I don't see Jerry Jones moving off a coach in one year. I, I mean, I, I mean, this is the guy he picked and he's going to try to make that work, but you, you do have to, to, to say early on that none of this that Mike McCarthy's doing is really working. And he's even acknowledged that, you know, having 500 yards of offense but losing a game means you've got garbage yards. So he knows that. So how, how quick, but you got, that means you got to change. But how quickly can you really do that given all the things that are gone on? I don't think it's, it's quite possible for this team to change all that much right now. Not at all. But let's go back to your first statement. I don't see Jerry moving off of Mike McCarthy, but I do see Mike McCarthy moving off of Mike Nolan, forced by. Jerry and Stephen Jones. Um, as far as moving off of a coach fast or quickly, he moved off of Wade Phillips in three seasons. Wade Phillips, first season, he's 13 and three. So I'm sorry, three and a half seasons. First season, 13 and three. Second season, nine and seven with the injuries, with Tony Rumble getting injured. Third season, winning, um, I believe we went 12 and four, 11 and five. Not exactly sure. Don't quote me on this one. Won the first playoff game in a long, long time. His Fourth full season, once again, a little bit injury riddled, starts starts off bad and moves off of him. So if a guy has three full seasons, makes the playoffs twice, and then you have a guy that has one full season, it's probably gonna finish five and eleven. I don't know how they get better with the cap going backwards and you're you're gonna be you're you're forced. Your hand is forced in my opinion. Your hand is forced on you're gonna have to give Dak Prescott exactly what he wants. Well with that being said, you're gonna have to fill your roster with some great draft picks and some great players that you have developed over the years. And I don't see any young, great players that are budding stars over these past few years. No, and, and one of the things I was thinking about last night, and I wanted to talk to you about, because there was a time where drafting secondary players was, they were, they were good. I mean, you know, you're, you know, 
Terrence Newman, Mike Jenkins, you, you know, the, 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 all the players they had, they had people who could contribute. And now it seems that they're like that position in particular, they just cannot hit on. They're not, who's ever evaluating cornerbacks and safeties for them right now need, needs to kind of readjust what they're looking for. Cause they, the problem is, the problem is for me when, when I was evaluated, um, and when I was, me and Mike were drafted, they're fortunate to have Dave Campo who worked around, who's deep as the corner and a head coach there. Camp worked with Deion Sanders, Darren Woodson, all of these guys, Larry Brown, <sighs> Kevin Williams. Then you had Brett Maxey, who was our safety coach, who played in the league for a long time. And then after that, you got Rob Ryan. But with Rob Ryan came Jerome Henderson. Jerome Henderson was a second-round draft pick who played for Bill Belichick, Bill Parcells, and he was he was excellent. He's still he's getting the most out of these giants defensive backs. You see the giants are, everybody thought they'd have the worst defense in the league, giving up 36 points a game, but they're actually, you can see some potential there. And then comes in the years with show Baker. Mm-hmm. Show Baker was the worst coach I've ever had in life. Really? Um, he just wasn't able to relate to us as players. And, the thing is, he went to Princeton with JG, and that was a buddy-buddy hire. I'm going to make the correlation to that in this Mike Nolan buddy-buddy hire. Buddy-buddy hires are just not the way of the NFL. Buddy-buddy hires and this nepotism is just not the way of being successful. And I hope that, you know, the coaches in the future, they learn from it. You, you need to hire and get it around you the best group, the best selection of people that can groom, raise, and relate to other men. Yeah, it's it's not um – it's, it's different when you get to the to the pro. I mean, it, it really, it happens in college a lot, and I, I, sometimes it works out there, sometimes it doesn't. But really, once you get to the NFL, and this is something I, I've kind of found interesting, at least in the first two years of Cliff Kingsbury's run, is that, you know, look, he was a college coach, and nobody really ever saw him being an NFL coach, and he wasn't a successful college head coach. He was uh, he had Patrick Mahomes, and they didn't even go to a bowl game a couple times. So uh, they had a, they, like couldn't coach defense. Like They were really bad at Texas Tech at times uh you know i watched uh baylor beat them to get in a bowl game and essentially matt rule got uh kingsbury fired and i mean it wasn't that i mean that game you know the thing, got him. The thing about the thing about cliff is he, he was a player in the nfl at one point mm-hmm. he got to be around bill belichick and he's young and he's adaptive mm-hmm. you get some of these older guys and they think oh i've had success this way so this is the way that it always has to be Cliff Kingsbury went in with a plan. They hired him to be an offensive mind. He was fortunate enough to get another ex-head coach and Vance Joseph, mm-hmm. who's a defensive mind, who has been around some great defensive mind, who spent some time around Marvin Lewis in Cincinnati, who was able to become a head coach in Denver, who got to spend some time around Von Miller and other good position coaches. And now here he is in Denver, who he's been, I'm sorry, here he is in Arizona. He's got some great, some great players. He's got when healthy Chandler Jones, He's got Buda Baker, who I'm, who I seen a whole different side of him last night. He's he's phenomenal. He's got Patrick Peterson, who's a Pro Bowl machine, Pro Bowl and All Bowl machine, who's phenomenal, and they're just getting the best out of him. 
Yeah, there, and that's that's my point on Cliff Kingsbury. Is like he didn't he didn't get to make a buddy buddy hire. He actually had to like, especially given the expectations, when you hire a guy who just got fired at Texas Tech to go to the NFL. When you're Cliff Kingsbury, you can't just go, well, I know this guy and this guy, and we're buddies. We go. He had to say, look, I've got to go make some hires. So he went and hired Vance Joseph. You know, he went and got that guy. He didn't say, well, I know this guy. He's good. You know, we were buddies at this thing and, and came up with him. So, you know, it's you got to get the best guys for the job. And, you know, Mike, Mike Nolan has had success as a defensive coordinator in this league, but it's been a long time. And whatever he's doing right now is not working. And that's why that buddy-buddy hire is, is going to be the first thing that Mike McCarthy is going to have to change. And, uh, and, and he, I, I don't know, like, you know, if teams are firing coaches, head coaches, Dan Quinn and, and the other guys, you know, um, Bill O'Brien, of course, that's a different thing altogether, you know, or into the year, do you change your defensive coordinator partway through the year? If you're the Cowboys, I mean, so far through six games, even though you've won two of them, you you could be easily 0-6 because of the defense. Uh, that's a hard no. I'm going to say it's a hard no because who do you have sitting on your staff yeah. that can take over as defensive coordinator? Yeah. Jim Tomsula, another guy who he I believe he took over for for Mike Nolan. Yeah, when they yeah, when they fired him in, in San Francisco, yeah. Or Michael Smart or Mike Singletary, one of them. But all those guys were on the same staff. Yeah. Um I mean, who who do you who do you which direction do you go? I think you you write this thing out. I mean, they showed a little bit of heart in the first two drives, but then again, Kyler missed some throws. Mm-hmm. He missed Andy Isabella deep on a post, which they came back and ran the same play for a touchdown. They just hit the second, they just hit the first post this time. Mm-hmm. The outside one. He missed DeAndre Hopkins on the deep over. DeAndre Hopkins dropped the pass on the second play of the game, I believe. And I don't, I don't think Arizona played all particularly that well on offense. No, really, they they didn't play their best game at all. I mean, they really didn't, and they still, you know, were able. And part of that is because the Cowboys set them up with turnovers, but uh, they're still able to rack up thirty eight points and not playing their best game. Yeah, the, the Cowboys are struggling. Man. I hate to see this. Um, as far as offensively, I know you want to look and say Zeke's fumbling, and Zeke's fumbling is uncharacteristic of him, and that's not who he is from just being around him. He's, but it's in his head at this point. You know, once it hits the turf, now it's it's in his head. He just needs to get through a game. He needs to get through a full week of just protecting that thing and then getting it back to second nature. And that that's that's something that's easily fixable. But that offensive line, their first down production. I've never seen a team in more third and longs in, in my life. No. At one point in the game, it flashed the stat. They were 0-15 on third and 10 plus for the season. Yeah, they're... That's terrible. They... I, I said before, sorry to cut you off, but yeah. I said before the season, how you perform on third down offensively, how you perform on third down defensively, what type of red zone team you are offensively, and what type of red zone team you are defensively. It's safe to say from an offensive standpoint, they're a terrible third down team. They're a terrible red zone team. On offense, I mean on defense, they're bad third down defense team. They're bad third down. They're a bad red zone team. So what what type of team have they been thus far? Bad. <laughs> bad. And the stat last night, teams are uh batting a thousand in the red zone against them. Hey, like, or goal to go situations. I don't proclaim to be Einstein, Paul. <laughs> but, but 
What did I say before the season? What did I say before the Rams game? Yeah, that's exactly like exactly like goal to go situation for the defense. Teams are batting a thousand. If if they are in a goal to go, first and goal, fourth and goal, no matter where they are at the ten or at the one, they're going to get in eventually against this Cowboys team. That I mean, they're not holding anybody to field goals, which means that you you know the defense puts it back on the offense. That look, you're just going to have to score touchdowns every time. Pretty much every time. And that's that's a hard percentage to have in the NFL. You know, you, you can't just do that no matter how good your offense is. And it, it there's they've got they've got a lot of problems. There's no doubt about that. But the biggest one to me on offense now is that you're essentially playing with four back you're not essentially, you're playing with four backups. Now while Tyler Biotish might be a starter one day, uh, the other three guys were never intended to really start. Uh, you know, like that was never what they were brought in to do. You're you're already missing the swing tackle you brought in at the beginning of the year because he's been pretty much hurt the whole time. Uh, Joe Looney, who was your starting center, who, uh, you know, who's been, a, you know, in and out of the starting lineup in his career based on situation. So, you know, he's not there. And, you know, I don't know, even if Andy Dalton was a little bit better than he played last night. I don't know how you could expect a quarterback that's not the starter to come in behind that line and perform really well. Usually never happens unless it's a guy that's kind of waiting in the wings to become the guy. <laughs> but Andy Dalton's a he's a established veteran. We need to look like Andy Dalton last night to me. Yeah, well, I mean, he did. And look, his his last few years, he's had a losing record as a starting quarterback. That's like, and I know that that's not all on him. Part of that's on the Bengals, but they moved on from him. They got the first pick in the draft and drafted Joe Burrow. So again, there's a reason that he was available to the Cowboys. And I know he's trying to reboot his career for the back half with the Cowboys, but it doesn't happen after a game like that last night because, you know, even when he had time, he didn't make a lot of great throws. It just... It's just not comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't really have much time in the system. And I'm interested to see how much of this system is Mike McCarthy carryover or Jason Garrett and Kellen Moore carryover. And in the upcoming weeks, now that you're back to your backup quarterback in this decimated offensive line that looks like a preseason, you're going to see more simplicity. So yeah. now you'll see the what is actual the core values of this offense. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, there's going to be probably more put on Zeke, which is, I mean, I think is fine if you have a good offensive line, but again, as good as he is, he's still behind, you know, four guys that aren't going to be starting most anywhere else in the league. It's going to be hard. That box will be loaded. I promise you the box will be loaded on first and second down. We see some of it last night. Well, yeah. Second down, you see that eighth and ninth guy creeping into the box. Well, you see that one-on-one coverage outside. Well, the other thing was there. Uh, Vance Joseph wasn't afraid to blitz in any situation last night. I mean, there was no situation where he wasn't going to bring at least something because he knew that he was going to get there. I mean, teams. But the thing is, teams teams are going to not approach it from a protecting. They're going to approach it from a attack. Attack the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Get get them in. Get it. Get a double digit lead. Force them to beat you with Andy Dalton. And yeah. week in and week out, expect to see that. Expect to see. This Megan, I'm getting ahead of myself now, but expect to see this week the Washington Redskins with that defensive line that they have with that defensive line they've assembled through the, through the years of draft. Expect to see them go after the Cowboys. Expect to see them attack the Cowboys. Yeah, no, I I expect everybody everybody to, to to just pin their ears back, especially early in games, and put them in hole. I mean, and look, the Cowboys. You don't even need your defense to really put the Cowboys in the hole. They've been doing that to themselves, you know. So if you even add on to that. 
you know, <laughs> you know, I don't, and I don't think that Zeke's going to fumble forever. I think this is something we mentioned it. It's in his head right now. Once he gets out of it, it'll be fine. He's never really done it before. I, I kind of count this as a, you know, kind of a one-off thing that's happened this year, but, but that doesn't mean that he's going to be the only guy who turns the ball over. I mean, Andy Dalton should have had a pick. Jordan Hicks should have had a pick six last night. It was dialed up for him and he dropped it. So, uh, and then he had a couple others last night that should have been picked off and weren't. And you know, that he, they've all got to get better. I just don't, I just don't see it happen. I don't, there's not a, a world where I see things going so well for them where they all of a sudden the light goes, goes on on both sides of the ball, especially given the injuries that they have. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Um, but at this point, if I'm the Dallas Cowboys, I'm just trying to figure out how to win a game. Yeah. It's what it's Washington this week. They don't have a good offense. You know, they, they, they really don't have a lot of playmakers. So uh, you can maybe keep this game a little bit tight, but you're going to have to protect against a really good defensive line. And Ron Rivera, uh, who's, a, who's a really good defensive mind, attacking a team that's that's limping right now on offense badly. Yeah, what, what kind of is disturbing for me, though, is Washington is committed to running the football. Mm-hmm. And that's something that, that's been a – and kind of an Achilles heel for Dallas teams that want to be committed and run the football have been able to run up and down the field on them. Well, I eat Well, look at last night, Kenyon Drake rattled off what a 60 yard run when they were just trying to run the clock out. Yeah. <laughs> and so they weren't even trying to get, I mean like not to, you know, they weren't really trying to score on that drive. The game was in hand and you know, rattle off a 60 yard run. That stuff, that's stuff that happens in like high school. You know, when a team's trying to run at the clock and gets a 60-yard run. That shouldn't happen in the NFL. Unless you're Ole Miss playing Alabama. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's very true. That's very true. But, look, after last night, I mean, there's there's not a lot of reason to be optimistic about this season for the Cowboys. And, you know, obviously they have time. There's 10 games left to turn it around. I just... I just don't know how you do it with you're going to be playing with at least three backups on the offensive line for the rest of the year. You know, so it's not. And then, and here's the other thing, just being frank, the one guy right now who's left, if you know, I don't know when Zach Martin's going to get back from his concussion. It could be next week. It could be four or five weeks. Sometimes those things linger, but uh, he, the only guy that is an actual starter on the line right now is their worst offensive lineman. So it's not like Connor Williams was the one with the concussion and Zach Martin's still there, who's an all-pro. You've got the the guy who's been the worst offensive lineman of the starting five is the only one that's left. So it's not it's not like you're winning there. At least we got one starter. Well, you, you, <laughs> he, he was on the cusp anyway. Yeah, we got to realize, though, it's Tuesday. Cowboys mm-hmm. plan on a short week. Yeah. Um, when do those concussion symptoms subsidize for Zach and does he play this week yeah again it could be you know those things sometimes it's a week sometimes it's two I mean you were in the league for a long time Orlando you know how this these things kind of go like sometimes it lingers for a month or so you know just you know and they have the protocols now and it's different than it used to be so you know when when does he have no symptoms we won't we won't know and may not find out until it might it might be Saturday or Sunday yeah, very true. So he might even practice this week, which I don't think is such a big deal for Zach Martin, but it's always a big deal when you don't at least get some rhythm with the group in practice. And yeah, att- I, don't, I don't know what the protocols are for to get clear from a concussion at this point, though. Um, it's changed so much. You know, we know more about concussions than we ever had. I just hope that 
you know, he gets well soon. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then, and, and they, they need him badly, <laughs> badly. And, and, um, you know, the last the, the last thought I have before we wrap it up is, I uh, the defensive line wasn't playing well before they had all the injuries. Now you know Tristan Hill, who uh, again wasn't wasn't knocking out of the park. Now they're going to guys who are on the practice squad. The Redskins should be able to, and any team should be able to run it straight at them. All you know, all night long. They're going to. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I look for the Redskins to lean on their defense and just try to control the ball offensively, not turn it over and just score enough points to win. All right. That's going to do it for us here on the believe in the Cowboys podcast. Please like, and subscribe us wherever you do get your podcast. We'll be back later in the week to look, uh, further in depth, uh, on the Redskins, uh, a team that, or I'm sorry, the Washington football team. It's going to take me forever to go. Oh, you, you pl- I just called them the Redskins like four times. Yeah, I know. It's going to take me for, you played there. So, I mean, you <laughs> for a little bit. Oh, so. Did I? <laughs> yeah. For, I, don't know. I don't recall. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's, I, I don't know. I, the Washington football team, that's who they play this week. We'll do a deep dive on them, whether it's Kyle Allen or Alex Smith possibly starting. Probably Kyle Allen this week again. Antonio Gibson, the running back. There's a lot of things that the Cowboys have to worry about. And the biggest thing is going to be that defensive line that the Redskins have been putting like one new guy on each year over the past five or six years. I'm Paul Catalina. He's Orlando Skandrick. Thanks for listening. Whenever you do, have a great week, everybody. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.